0: The Hard Shoulder. With Kieran Cuddy, with Nissan on News
1: Talk. Neil Macdonald, the CEO of Izmi, who of course represent small and medium enterprises uh, in Ireland, is with me here in studio. And uh, Neil Michael McGrath, Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, was my guest in the last hour. He was talking about this six and a half percent pay hike that is on the table. Public sector unions, their members are going to have to vote uh, on it. The mood, music, reading between the lines, seems to be that there's an expectation that they they will approve it. What's your view? Um,
0: you're, you're asking me uh, what what the the public sector unions' view of this is going to be. I I don't honestly know, and I couldn't uh, presume to speak on on their behalf.
1: No, I suppose you, you, your view of a six and a half percent pay hike for public sector workers is what I'm asking.
0: Um, we absolutely understand uh, the 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 pay pressures um, that both the the public service is under in respect of its own members. They are, those expectations are no different to the expectations that employers in the private sector are under at the minute. We also absolutely understand the inflationary pressures, the cost of living pressures that em- employees are under. The question is, given where we are at, the, at the, the back end of 2022 with a really, really serious energy crisis coming in and, and a, a very strong chance of recession, at a time when Michael McGran Pascal uh Donahue are going to have to prioritize um you know where where the public kitty goes is 1.2 1.5 1.6 million depending on how you measure and cut that cake is that the best place to prioritize it in our view uh the Uh, cost of living pressures that in particular the lower paid are going to be under. Now that's the lower paid across society that excludes the, 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 you know, including the 85% of people who don't work in the public sector. They are going to have uh, a very, very difficult time this winter. We haven't even got around to talking about what's going to happen on gas prices. In our view, that has to be prioritised over and above public sector pay simply because there is already, the, the public sector is already paid significantly more than the average private, uh, private sector worker, 27% more, in fact, and, and it's a matter of Those priority. Those comparisons are kind of worthless, aren't they? No. Why? Because they're real. I mean, these are CSO figures. They
1: say that the, you
0: know, the average...
1: I'm not disputing the accuracy. I'm just right. saying it's worthless, the comparison. I didn't say it's inaccurate. I said it's worthless. Oh,
0: well, that's a personal value judgment for you, Karen. I, I'm not going to knock you on that. If you, if you think that that's a worthless, there's mo- there's figure.
1: far more minimum wage workers in the private sector than you'll have in the public sector. So that that skews the figures. There's also the also the number of people working in the private sector is colossal compared to the public sector. So again, it's not a fair comparison. And what the figures kind of uh, don't reveal is that the potential to earn more uh, exists in the public se- private sector much more so than the public sector I I, I wouldn't agree with that
0: actually uh, the, you know the, the rates of pay available in our uh, public sector uh actually are are higher even though even than the average rates of pay in the over 250 employees uh, uh, sector which which effectively is almost all multinational in this country and they earn less than a thousand euros on average per week it's a it's a around uh, 950 as i understand and there you know back in the day when we were talking about benchmarking it was against those workers that the public service uh wanted to to
1: be benchmarked so Look, so are they overpaid? In your contention, the I, I, I wouldn't population? say
0: they're overpaid. What I would say is that we, you know, the rot unfortunately started in with benchmarking, and what has happened over the years is because you know they are a trade unionized, which is, but that's less important than the fact of the the sectors they represent, which is traditionally healthcare, security, and education, and. Unfortunately, in our view, uh, the the government has prioritised industrial peace over value for money. So we're not against pay rises for the public sector. But what, what we are saying is given where Ireland is, given its level of indebtedness, given where it's spending its money and it's spending its money hugely on the current account rather rather than on capital investment that we're really going to have to make for mm. a, a rapidly imp- increasing population, we actually need to get more value for money uh, from our public services. That Now is the time to do it. Now is the time for Michael McGrath and Pascal Donoghue to sit down with the public sector unions and say here's 6.5% but this is what we
1: need for it. What would you like to see for it? Uh, for,
0: well, for example, um, we we have, we spend more on our health service in Ireland than any other country, not just in the EU, but in Europe. And yet, we have a very low level of outcome from the citizens' point of view. We have huge waiting lists, we have a great deal of frustration um, from uh, people who are waiting for, and I appreciate that that has been exacerbated by the pandemic and I know there is good reason why waiting Mm-hmm. have gone the way they have. But we really need to be talking about what we can do with the existing resource we have to use it better in the health service to deliver better for the public.
1: Is, is that the job of the public sector unions? I mean, is it, it's not union leadership. You design but that the people, system.
0: We, we are, uh, uh, you know, every time we have these uh, public sector pay negotiations, we go through a certain amount of staged theatrics where we're told that officials from the department of public expenditure are up till the wee hours in the labor court negotiating with people with whom actually they share this a common interest uh on pay pay, uh, pay pay negotiations because those people are going to benefit to exactly the same uh amount and percentage uh as the people they're sitting across the table from so while it is difficult for those people to sit down and have a an energetic negotiation with uh, the unions about service delivery. It's absolutely necessary
1: that that happens, but it happens everywhere else. So, when you talk about reform and say reform of the health service in return, what you're talking about is kind of a much more complicated, nuanced version of we will give you this, and in return, we are going to be making reforms to the health system, and we expect there to be little opposition. Or, or less opposition than there might have been in the past. No no opposition.
0: I mean, I have been across a negotiating table uh, personally, and lots of people. Now, I came from the logistics sector, where you have people who are looking at getting a pay rise and they want a pay rise, and you have to pay the pay rise. But in return, you can get efficiencies. You can get, um, you you can get cost reductions due to change, due to reform, which means you're still able to deliver the pay rise, but it. If, if not cost neutral, it's not costing you the full extent of the pay rise. Uh,
1: one other thing then I, I want to talk to you about is what you might like to see for your members in the upcoming budget, because we were talking about this on the show yesterday with different parties. I talked about it as well with Michael McGrath to a degree in terms <coughs> of uh, not necessarily your members, but the people working in your member organisations or your um, businesses and what they might like to see around electricity and energy costs. What do you want to see happen?
0: Are, are you asking me specifically in relation to the to the energy debate, or, or wider than that, Karen?
1: Yeah, the energy debate first and foremost. Uh,
0: the, the energy debate. I mean, for example, if you look at that story in the in the Independent today, the the cafe uh, owner who's who's looking at a ten thousand euro two two month bill for her cafe electricity when her bill for the full year of twenty twenty one was thirteen thousand euro. Now that business has a limited range of options. Uh, She can reduce the hours of her employees, which means she's cutting their pay um, or she can charge more to her customers in which case she's inflicting further inflation on the people who are looking for pay rises. So what we're looking for is direct support along the lines that other European countries, including Germany, Greece and Italy and France, are providing uh, to their businesses with, with the expectation that they will control inflation, that they're not going to contribute further to inflation. So just on that issue
1: that we would like to see that coming out. Uh, of how would you like those supports or uh, to work? What would be the mechanic well, for these Well, for example,
0: uh, the the Greek government has just announced uh, support of uh, up to 60 cents per kilowatt hour on, a, on electricity support for small business and 30 cents per kilowatt hour for big businesses because mm. they have greater negotiating power. They're, that's the sort of thing that would
1: make a, a, a real contribution to a small business. What would be the quid pro quo? The quid pro quo would be to... Yeah, you expect kind of, you know, the public service to sign up to a quid pro quo. Well, well, if, you, if you want your members to get all of this public money, what are they going to do in yeah, return? And,
0: and, and that's a fair question. I mean, um, we, we have a, a member I, t- I talked to in, in Sligo who runs a centra, and he said if he converted the electricity price increases he's looking at into... Uh, his grocery prices uh, this winter he would be looking at a 5% increase in his grocery prices now the expectation a fair expectation on the government's behalf if they directly supported that is that that, that would not be passed on in grocery prices to, to the customer
1: Neil McDonald, the CEO of ISME Neil thanks million for joining us uh, here in studio 53106 the text number if you want to get in touch whether you are a public sector worker who is expected to vote on this 6.5% pay hike or indeed you are one of the private sector workers Who's going to be funding it? I'd like to hear uh, your views. After the break, we're going to talk again about this school bus fiasco. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy, with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.